0: Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from uhnd.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club.
1: It's field down on the five yard line, the kick will come down and Rugged will take it, takes it at the 12, 15, 20, 25, he's at the 30, after burners around, he-
0: Frank Vitovich and Greg Flamont. Welcome to another victory edition of Single High, the Notre Dame Football Podcast presented by UHND.com. We got a special treat for you all this week. Greg and I both recording at the same time for you know only like the third or fourth time in the last month. So you got both of us here today. I am Frank Fitovich. And as always, well not as always, but uh, you know, as I am joined by the president of the Kyle Hamilton Fan Club. Mr. Greg Flamon, Greg, how are you doing after that beatdown we saw yesterday?
1: Um, well, I'm eating a donut and drinking coffee. So um, I'm presently doing fantastic.
0: That's a great Sunday. <laughs> well, for you, it's Sunday morning. I am That's sipping right, yeah. on a Coke Zero right now because no beer for this podcast. Because as soon as we're done today, Greg, I am going to start putting up Christmas
1: lights. Oh, yes. So That's fantastic. holding off on I the beer yeah oh I have
0: uh so my mother-in-law's been staying with us for the last month or so since well five weeks um since uh, since you know the baby came and uh I figure I gotta take advantage while she's still here because she leaves next week uh, so take advantage while she's here of uh, spending you know I don't know how many hours last year it took me two full days, but um I go a little nuts with the christmas lights as uh, as I've told you in the past but yeah um, that is my Sunday afternoon and evening, and then probably my Monday afternoon and evening.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I will uh, – maybe I'll do that today, actually. So, usually what I do is um, I usually put them up right on the day that they announce the uh, the playoff, like the final, the final oh, playoffs. Okay. And um, obviously, so like twice in the last three years, like Notre Dame has been involved. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I guess – it's just kind of fun, but maybe I'll well, do I, it this year for the three third. out of four
0: years it looks like
1: Notre Dame. We hey, we can talk about after that. Yesterday, we can Notre talk Dame. about that. A lot of people I mean, said never, and they should say they should never say never. The, the,
0: the demise so. of Notre Dame football in 2021 uh, has been greatly exaggerated by some folks uh, earlier Brian this year. Kelly. Sneaky Brian Kelly, sneaky Brian Kelly. The entire the entire staff. Hey, you remember you remember recording after Toledo, Greg. There was a lot of people that was down that were down on this team. And you and I both said, not great, that we just almost lost to Toledo, but we weren't changing our expectations until there was a loss and until there was reason to. Uh, and here we are. Others did not take such approach. There were others, you know, we won't name names, but there there were some others who who floated ideas such as five and seven out, out into the ether. And now here we are. We're coming up on Thanksgiving. Notre Dame is ten and one, fresh off of a fifty-five nothing beatdown of a Power Five team, and staring down the barrel of an eleven and one season, and most likely going to be sixth in the playoff rankings on uh, on Tuesday.
1: Sixth, and for all intents uh, and purposes, fifth, because exactly. uh, Michigan plays Ohio State, and one of those teams has to lose. Exactly. So, um, I mean, can so, they yeah. both lose? Because that would be ideal if, we, if they could <laughs> would, somehow both that lose. That would be uh, that would be fantastic. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: If they could both lose, that would that would do a us. Forfeit? A forfeit. Yep.
1: A forfeit. That might okay. be uh
0: But uh, man, what I mean, how I I I haven't had a feeling like this on a Sunday in a while, where it's just like I can't remember the last Notre Dame game where like there was just no no uh, you know stress at all. It was just start to finish everything for the most part, (laughs) you know, went right. And, and, and it's just like, it went to script. Like what, what, what were your thoughts of that game?
1: Yeah. So not just um, like no stress, but completely fun. Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing was just like a ton, like a great, like a great time. Like the plays were, 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 you know, they were dynamic and they were, they were big plays and, you know the first play of the game right like you hit Kevin Austin on like kind of a deep deep drag kind of play yeah um we've that got was a nice
0: play design too did you notice yeah, where was. where Austin lined up in that play
1: i did well i mean he was it was like a bunch formation i'm actually going to do a um a okay. breakdown of it because okay. it was um yeah it was a fun fun play and it put the defense in a real um bind by you know the coverage that they were in um but yeah, so you got that, you got reverses, you got jet sweeps, you got screens, you got Michael Mayer running free up the field. Um, it's just like all, it's just like all, all happening. And um, it's like, that's what, that's what makes it fun. Right. And, and like, I think Notre Dame has been kind of building towards it yep. to where like, I feel like Georgia, uh, not Georgia Tech, uh, Virginia, like last week could have gone this way. It was close. Um, it was close to that but it was just like they were just a little bit off mm-hmm. in like their own execution so it it didn't really happen but this one yep it's like they didn't they did they weren't playing really like any kind of way that was different than than you know other games it just that like everything was a little bit the extra more crisp yep. and a little bit extra more um just kind of on point and so then you know you saw what you saw right it's like all yeah. of a sudden it's like whoa we're gonna we're gonna like have almost like two and a half quarters of garbage time here so it was like yeah. the most fun it was it was awesome
0: yeah i, mean, I feel like we, you made a good point we, we've been building to that like ever since the bye week it's felt like notre dame's offense has just been like on the cusp of doing that like even if you look at usc like the usc game you, you were there like The the offense was obviously very good, ended up getting to 44, but it even, even that felt like, ah, like they could have done more, like most of the things that they were, when they weren't, when they weren't scoring, it wasn't because like the defense was taking things away. It was because Notre Dame was making errors, you know, getting where, and you know, between the last, you know, three, four games. You know, the you know, getting stopped on fourth and short in some cases and you know, things like that, or just uh, you know, settling for field goals at times when they, you know, when they when they didn't need to be. All of that was all it felt very self-inflicted over the last few weeks. And even yesterday, it the it I, I said everything was was pretty stress-free in front. That first drive did, you know, like for a brief second, that first drive was like, uh oh. Right? Where you gave yeah. up the back to back sacks and had to settle for the field goal, and you're like, all right, come on, we're not we're not gonna do this, right? And then they they quickly corrected things and that wasn't wasn't an issue the rest of the the rest of the game. But yeah, I mean we we have been building toward that. We've seen the glimpses. Yesterday was the first time like it all the entire offense came together and you just had it wasn't even like one player. That was the nice thing, right? This wasn't a you know USC type. I uh, you know type offense where you know you had one guy like drake london who had 250 receiving and that's why we We scored all these points. Uh, I mean you had like no running back went over 100 yards individually No receiver went over 100 yards individually, but you had kyron with two touchdowns Diggs with two touchdowns uh, Mayer had the touchdown uh, you know, it was a Either the ball got distributed, you know pretty well and it was kind of like It's kind of one of those like hey everybody scores today like it, everybody got involved and it was great to see. I thought it was probably one of the better games called by Tommy Reese, uh, you know, in in his short tenure as offensive coordinator, because it just all worked. Yeah. You know, even you, you, you mentioned the screen to Diggs, Like that was just, that was a, a really well-designed play. It was called at a really, you know, a, a really opportune time for Diggs to just kind of, you know, go right in and Hey, credit on that play to Josh Lug for getting out there and, you know, having the block that, uh, that sprung it open. And that was a big man running downfield to uh, to make the final block to make sure Diggs could uh, could get in the end zone.
1: Right, and and you know to just kind of put a cap on like what you said, like no one had that big statistical day, but it's like you look at the team stats and you know you're over 500 yards. Yep. Exactly. And you're averaging like nine yards a play, right? So yep. kind of everything's working, um, even with like an entire quarter basically of. Notre Dame, you know, not really. That's another thing. Are not trying to move the ball on offense, but no, man, they they let Buckner run, man, or they let him run the offense. No, no, they let him run the offense. But it's like you're not really passing. Um, yeah. you know, you have the backups in, right? Like, obviously, you you yeah. give like if it's a closer game, you're, you're looking at you're putting up like 650 yards or whatever it is, right? So, um, you know, so it's like that situation. Um, and yeah, like everything is just working out and um and obviously you know defensively they're just i mean just clicking right now like they everyone seems to know where they're supposed to be they're making plays now they're playing on their front foot all the time and and the thing that helps too is is you know they're they're, they're getting up in these games and especially the last two they're 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 able to rotate players. And so therefore, you know, it gets like, especially Navy too, right? So you go Navy, Virginia, and then this game, they're just, they don't have guys who are like beaten down, right? Because they haven't had to play that many snaps. So um, it's just, yeah, it's all kind of coming together. Yes,
0: and it's funny, I saw the the snap counts out. I don't know what Clarence Lewis did, that he had to play like every snap and nobody else had to. But when I saw the snaps, it looked like he was at like over 60 and only a handful of other players were even at 40 yesterday. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a lot of young players getting in, obviously nice. Uh, you know, I mean, I think on the defensive side of the ball, uh, since you, you, you're talking defense, yeah, it's insane that we've gone three games now without allowing a touchdown while the best defensive player Notre Dame's had in a number of years, you know, has been on the sidelines as a, uh, you know, a a graduate assistant essentially with Kyle Hamilton out for, uh, you know, for, for another game. Uh, But uh, the defense has just kept going. And I think we're starting to see now what, uh, I I think you're starting to see the defense more of like what Freeman wanted to do initially, but maybe couldn't, you know, because some of it might've just been them, picking up Freeman's scheme, but also like Freeman really learning what he had and didn't have to work with. Um, and he's got a pretty good grasp of what he has to work with now. And he's calling, uh, he's calling some good games. Um, I mean, granted having inexperienced quarterbacks, you know, on the other side of the field has helped, uh, you know, the last two weeks specifically where the defense has just been able to kind of pin its ears back and go, uh, I felt you know, bad for Jordan Yates yesterday for, how many hits that poor kid had to take. And then they just left him in there to keep getting hit. Right. That game's well out of hand. And they're just like, Hey, just, just go out there. Just keep getting hit. Um, he's gotta be sore today. Uh, cause he just got, I mean, he got sacked six times and I don't know how many overall hits he took, but it had to be in the double digits. Cause Notre Dame was just bringing heat all day and tech had no answer for it.
1: They did not. And <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that, like they they've been they've been building towards this right the entire team has so um, I mean like you like I think we I, I we've kind of just some guys that for someone that I noticed yesterday where we just kind of like don't mention him but Isaiah Pryor he's been it's, he's been solid like he's yeah. he's and it, 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 like going into the season like you just don't think you're gonna get a ton from him um, like didn't really have a position and now he's He's like a key player on this team at Rover, and they found a spot and he's been solid. like he, he's yeah. not the kind of guy who who puts up a bunch of numbers and he's like, you know, oh, he's having like a breakout game, but he's always kind of there. He's always doing what yep. he's supposed to. Um, you know, last week he had he had a breakup on a on a kind of a seam route. and then he had the play where they tried to throw the same route to him and they tried to throw it over. And he got tipped up in the air, and DJ Brown got an interception. Um, he made, you know, he had a tackle for loss, and then he had a sack on consecutive plays this week. And it's just like little things like that where guys are settling into roles. Um, obviously, the Ramon Henderson to safety in place of Kyle, like that has been a, a positive move. Yep. So yeah, I mean, it's all kind of it, it's 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 all coming together.
0: Yeah, Pryor has been, he is, he's a, he's a, uh, well, I'll use one of your words, sneaky. He's sneaky, sneaky. effective. We're like, yeah, he just, all of a sudden you look up and I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now. He was second on the team in tackles yesterday with seven. You know, behind only, you know, Bo Bauer, who, uh, who I mean, Bauer had a play. I forget what his snap count was, but it seemed like Bauer was on the field, like all game, even when the the, the reserves were in. I mean, part of that is just, there's so few healthy linebackers right now. And Jack Kaiser going down with an ankle injury, you know, yesterday, not ideal. Um, Yeah, which it doesn't sound like it's going to be super serious. Uh, You know, but I think uh, that Kelly kind of hinted maybe high ankle, which, you know, wouldn't obviously, you know, prevent him from, you know, missing any, you know, uh, postseason time. But that could cause him to miss the Stanford game, which wouldn't be ideal because of how few linebackers we, you know, we've had already. But what's been interesting to see over the last few weeks is Jordan Batello getting some run at Rover. Cause that is a, it's a very interesting development for uh, you know, for this defense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it's like one like when Kaiser goes down, right? Like obviously you don't like it because I like, like you like watching Kaiser play, right? He's a fun player and he does a good job, but it's not a situation where you think, Oh no. Right. Like, yeah. what does this mean? because they're so good at filling in guys now. I mean, look, w- once you lose Kyle like, and they replace him and, and it just kind of like the, the defense keeps moving forward, then, you know, you don't worry about it from a performance standpoint. You right. just think like, oh, this, you know, this sucks for the player, right? Um, and, yeah, I, I – to me, if it is ankle, like it, it did seem high ankle just because I didn't see him roll it um, – you know to the inside or whatever so yeah. um so i mean he'll probably miss next week right yeah. but he he'll also probably be okay for you know hopefully a playoff game right
0: hopefully hopefully but well, we'll get to playoff talk um in a, in,
1: a, in a little bit and what you know what yeah, has yeah. to happen and all that but yeah
0: i think other you know, kind of nice thing to see sticking at the linebacker position yesterday was prince kali you know he's getting more and more reps you know he, he ended up with five tackles you know uh, on the you know on the day yesterday uh, again the only only linebacker that had more stops than him was uh you know was Bauer he actually had more tackles than uh than J.D. Bertrand who only uh only had four yesterday but uh you know seeing Kali get into the mix is good for this year it's good for next year obviously because I think yeah. it's kind of assumed he's going to you know to step in another guy who kind of you know, had maybe his best game that, you know, there was some hype building for in the summer. And then, you know, we haven't heard a whole lot of this year was Howard cross. Uh, and he ended up with two sacks on, the or being credited with two sacks, you know, on the day for a loss of 16 yards. Uh, you know, he's been solid. Every time we see him, you know, he's been solid. You just haven't, we haven't seen him a ton, um, this year, but I think that also kind of speaks just to the depth that Notre Dame has, uh, along the defensive line that you got a guy like, uh, like, like Howard Cross who could come in, who can have a two sack game who doesn't play a ton of snaps because you're so deep. Uh, so that's actually encouraging to see for next year too, in the event that say yesterday was maybe Jason Adamiola's last game in Notre Dame stadium. If he were right. to move on to the NFL, cause now you see, okay, well, you know, obviously you want Adamiola back cause he's playing, you know, he played great football this year, but Hey, if, uh, you know another guy, another Jersey guy replacing a Jersey guy. I could, I could be down with that for uh, uh, you know for uh, you know for next year. But uh, your great game, yeah, from him. Uh, and obviously, while we're on the defensive line, how great of a moment was uh, you know Myron Tungala? Tung- I always mispronounce. I always used to say it wrong. Um, but how, and, uh, and now I still say it wrong. Um, I always used to say Tago. Uh, below, uh, uh, Amosa, but anyway, Lord Myron, as I affectionately have called him the last five years, how great was that moment yesterday?
1: I mean, it's it's like for the player, you know, because you know what he's been through this year and being named captain it's his last game um it's it's just like awesome I mean it's like the best right like it's yeah. just like and it's like everything you like about like college football yep. and like what makes you like love this sport versus like the NFL because it's just, you have Myron and his moment, right. And and it's senior day and, you know, he lost his father and he he's named captain and, 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 you know, all these things. Right. And all Notre Dame fans know that story. So you're thinking of that as he runs into the end zone, you're already thinking like, this is like, so perfect. And then you see, jason adam Alola, and fosky like killing themselves trying to clear the path for him yeah and then you see like kyle and the other guys on the sideline like they're going crazy because they're their, like their teammate and their friend and all those things and they really care about him and it's like it just gives you all the feels right like all the yep. feels of of just like senior day and a captain and it, like everyone likes um Everyone likes Myron, right? Like, who doesn't like Myron, right? Like, he, there's not a negative thing, like, anyone would say about him for any reason over the last, you know, five years that he's been on campus. So, um, it's just, like, a great, great thing to happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, hey, he had the blocked field goal earlier in the game, too. So, I mean, that is that's – one, that's one hell of a way to go out on, uh, you know, on your senior day. Have a blocked field goal when Georgia Tech – Tried to uh, try to just get themselves on the scoreboard there at the end of the first half. And Myron said, "I'm gonna. I'm not letting you get this cowardly field goal on the board. You're gonna. If you're gonna. If you're gonna take away the shutout from us, you're gonna earn it." And uh, so he got the block, and then he got the, the uh, you know the, the return. And yeah, that was just the. the, the those are the, the kind of moments that, um, you know, that make. Like you said, that make college football, that make college football great. And it's gonna be tough. I think for the next couple of years for, you know, for any senior to kind of top, uh, top that given, yeah, you know, all he did go through this year with, uh, you know, with losing his father in the, in the summer and, you know, learning he was a captain via zoom while he was home, uh, yeah. you know, handling, you know, handling the family affairs. So awesome way, uh, you know, awesome way to go out, uh, awesome story, uh, you know, for, you know, for, for Notre Dame and, and this team and just added to, Added to the fun and the joy of yesterday's dismantling of a of a real team, remind because you know not everybody, not every uh, team was playing real teams yesterday. You know, some people were playing you know FCS teams and and having their tune up games and their their glorified scrimmages yesterday, uh, which you know we'll have to hear in two weeks. Thirteenth data point. Thirteenth data point. Um, whereas, you know, that one data point for some of them is nonsense. So Notre Dame was playing a real team. I don't care if Georgia tech, they're a bad real team, but they are a real team. Nonetheless, like, um, they have 85 D one scholarship players, you know, on that, uh, you know, on that team and Notre Dame took it to them. Um, it's kind of, kind of crazy. I was looking up some of the stats yesterday. Um, and then, should have just waited until Notre Dame released the stats because they do a great job of doing all the research for us. But it was the the biggest shutout of a what we now would call a power five school since 1996. Lou Holtz's last game, Notre Dame shut out Rutgers 62 to nothing. Pretty wild. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess back then Rutgers was in the Big East, which was part of the, you know, the BCS and Bowl Coalition or whatever, you know, whatever it's called back in uh, back in those days before we had power five and, and everything else. Uh, all those all those monikers. But this is, doesn't happen often. Right. There's bad. There's bad, you know, ACC, bad Big 12, bad Big 10 teams every year. It is rare for one power five team to shut the other one out. Fifty five to nothing.
1: Yeah, and like going into the game, like it had been pointed out by pretty much everyone on the beat that you know, Georgia Tech had a 3 and 7 record and and but they had been basically in a lot of one-score games or, you know, close yeah. games and you know, they they beat North Carolina, who's obviously, you know, a, like a good football team, right? They're not great, but they're good and you know, yeah. they beat them. And so I mean, I think everybody I, no one thought Notre Dame would obviously lose the game, but no. They, they, no one expected 55, nothing. So no. And Jameer nope. Gibbs, he, he'd been getting, getting over on every team. Right. right. So
0: Gibbs you know, was their like, leading receiver coming into the game. He didn't have a catch.
1: Right. He, he'd he had if a I bunch of, you know, he'd had a bunch of uh, explosive plays and that sort of thing. and And he just didn't get anything on Notre Dame. So, I mean, look, it's a great performance, right? Like there's no way to look at it. And, you know, you can say what you want. Like people, if they want, they could say, like, oh, they're, you know these are bad teams or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, you know you don't have to win fifty five nothing, right? It, you could win thirty to twenty. yeah, right. and And that's how a lot of teams have been beating Georgia Tech, right? yeah, and and Notre Dame completely dominated them. And you know the game never they never had a chance. So you know, I, I think you have to you have to take into account. Like the, the the games don't have to go like this. And Notre Dame, you know, made it happen.
0: Yeah. You know what? As some of our friends say, it doesn't have to be close. And guess what? It wasn't close yesterday. And that's what made, that was part of what made it, you know, so, so fun. Um, I mean, I, I forget what my final prediction was. What did I say? I think I had like Notre Dame, I want to say 41 to 13 in my prediction post. So, I, I mean, I didn't think it'd be close, but I never thought. 55 nothing was possible uh, And that's because like I said I mean it's just been a long Long time since Notre Dame has done that To a team that wasn't from the Mac or you know a, a smaller co- Or like a Navy type team like it's 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 been a while and You know that's what all you could do Is play who's on your schedule and When you play a team that's bad you can beat them Big and that's what Notre Dame did yesterday And that's a That's, that's a data point right and that's Going to be Looked at by by the committee here, you know, in the next few days when they try to determine, you know, where to where to place Notre Dame as we're getting here towards the uh, the end of the season. But before getting into playoff talk, because I think at this point, you know, we we have to. It is now it is now a thing that we that uh, that that the playoff talk is uh, is is a real possibility. We talked a lot about defense. Anything else on offense you wanted to uh, you wanted to touch on?
1: Um, no, I just, I I posted some stuff on Twitter about, um, just like what they've been since, uh, the buy or since Cincinnati. Sorry about that.
0: Yeah. I saw it.
1: Yeah. And it's just completely different, right? Like Jack Cohn, um, since the, since the Cincinnati game, like he's completing 74% of his passes, nine yards per attempt, nine touchdowns, two picks, um, running the ball. They are, you know, they went from basically, you know, they they ran the ball 168 times for 404 yards uh, you know, pre-Cincinnati or like going, you know, post like after the Cincinnati game. Those were their um those were their numbers. And then yeah. after that, you know, for the next six weeks, they ran the ball 228 times for twelve hundred and fifty-seven, five and a half yards per carry, and sixteen touchdowns on the ground, right? And so in the first Uh, five weeks you're looking at four rushing touchdowns and in the next uh, six you're looking at 16 right so it's just it's completely different I mean I think the main takeaway for me is you know what Notre Dame was in September and then that first game in October against Cincinnati like they are not that team anymore and you you can't I mean it's like not even they don't even resemble that team like in any way Right. No. They couldn't run the ball you know, offensively. You know, they couldn't run the ball. They they couldn't pass. Right. They just didn't have time to do anything. And now it it feels like kind of everything is at their disposal. And it's just a matter of kind of the level of execution that they can reach. But the things that they're doing are, you know, I think what people thought was possible kind of going into the season and they became that team And I think for me, you know, as we get into the playoff discussion, I do, I I kind of regret at this point, like that there is no team that can, I guess, challenge Notre. Like, if they don't make the playoffs, then we won't see what, like, how good this like version of Notre Dame actually could, um, like what they could do against like a real good team, like, uh, right. You know, like Georgia or Ohio State or anything, right? And I think we can kind of get an idea. Like those two teams are probably a level above Notre Dame. Um, sure. Maybe, maybe several levels. What yeah. about Georgia? I mean, Georgia plays a, a, a style of football that benefits Notre Dame.
0: Exactly. They're just
1: very good. Like very good. Um, Ohio State plays a style of football that that is against Notre Dame just because of the skill position stuff, but. Yeah, I do want to see it. Like, I want to see what this team could do, um, especially if you know they could get Kyle back for uh, like a playoff run
0: or a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you, yeah, Georgia. Georgia, I think definitely is is a is a level above Notre Dame, but I think a a matchup with them wouldn't be wouldn't be Ohio State, Michigan State, whereas. If you if Notre Dame were to match up against Ohio State this year, um, there's the potential for a bad outcome because <laughs> you see you see what happens when Ohio, when Ohio State is clicking like it is scary how good they are. Um, they haven't clicked all year, but uh, you know they 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 you know they could uh, you know on any given Saturday, and that's what we saw yesterday. And good lord, that was you know we thought Notre Dame looked good against you know Georgia Tech. Ohio State was doing that against you know uh, well a top 10 team on paper, uh, whether or not Michigan state really was a top 10 team now is debatable, but uh, you know, they did that against a, a, a better team, Michigan state. If Michigan state played Georgia tech, Michigan state's going to be favored by a lot and probably win that game pretty easily. So, um, but going back to the offense real quick, I would be remiss if we did not talk about one, Mr. Audric Estime, who we yeah. finally got to see run the ball and good Lord. He is going to be fun uh, as he, you know, as he gets better because that guy looked, I mean, he, it was very reminiscent of like, it was almost reminiscent of like uh, Camping World Bowl, uh, Tony Jones, where, because early in Tony Jones's career, you know, he was, he was always kind of the big back, but early in his career, he kind of was just like, you nah, know, I'm just going to run in run right at the line and if the holes they're cool and if not i'll just kind of like push it and then by the camping world bowl remember jones had that like game out of nowhere where is it like, where's this guy been you know where he's ripping off the 70 whatever what was it i can't remember how long that run was 70 or 80 yards whatever that long run was but uh, yeah estimate looked kind of like that where he's just like he's a big dude obviously but man he he looked nimble. He was, uh, you know, making some making some moves, running through some arm tackles, and that uh, that tandem of he and Logan Diggs is going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, him. And uh, Chris Diggs, Tyree. Tyree Price next year, like, Jadarian yeah. Price. Like, check out his senior highlights. I mean, that oh. kid, he's going to be able to play for Notre Dame. So, like, next year, because he's going to be an early enrollee, too. Um so, yeah, I mean, the running back situation is uh, they've got a little bit of everything, right? Like Diggs is a, a versatile back, obviously. Um, Tyree's very fast, very explosive. Estime um, is, a, is a pounder, right? And so yeah. he's a load and he's also a little, he's got that uh, shiftiness to him. And then Price has this kind of like a little bit of everything. Like, I think he might be like a uh, a faster um, Torian Folston. So just really like like every like everything in with regards to the backfield and then when you when you factor in you know that the offensive line is going to have blake and and alt and christophic and you know rocco spindler coming up like it i mean look there's gonna be nerdy's gonna be able to run the ball for the next like two three years at like a very high level and then you factor in that the buckner is going to be back there as well so it's uh there's a lot, there's a lot going on right now oh, yeah. offensively. Notre, Notre
0: Dame's gonna be a problem for people on offense next year. Um, I mean they
1: are, uh,
0: the the, the, the talent and firepower, that that's coming back next year is exciting. Uh,
1: yeah, between... I, don't th- I don't think people are like really understanding like what this offense could be, um, in the next couple years. I mean because you have Mayor coming back too, and. You know, so it, it's just like with with Coley and Styles, and and just like the guys coming in. I mean, it's going to be man, it's it's going to be it's going to be wild.
0: <laughs> it is, it, it it is, and hopefully, you know, what 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 I'll say for that is, I think as we've seen the offensive evolve this year, as we've seen this team evolve, I think yeah, Mike Tarico mentioned it a couple of times, uh, you know, yesterday of like, well, is this, you know, Brian Kelly's best you know coaching job because of what he was able to do you know, with a team that looked like it was going to be in a rebuilding year and, you know, with how, you know, how things started. And it's kind of interesting because I I was thinking about it. And in some ways, I think it might be Brian Kelly's best in-season coaching job. But at, like, the same time, it might also be one of his bigger miscalculations coming into a season. Because if you think back to kind of where this offense started, and even, you know, earlier in the pod where you said, this team is not the team that we saw in September and even early October – it, it I mean, Notre Dame wanted this offense to be a deep shot, you know, uh, deep shot type offense. Think about how many times Cohn tried to hit Lindsey or Austin or you know, any of the receivers deep early in the season. Uh, you know, it was a lot. Uh, you know, he he tried that we were going downfield a lot. We weren't having the time to get them get out those passes off that often. But when they did, you know, they weren't. Weren't weren't really hitting on them other than, you know, a few times, uh, you know, a few times here and there. But this offense is so different now that, you know, you guys also have to wonder, like, well, what if they recognize this in the summer? And they said, like, oh, this is what we can do well. This is what we need to do. So it's kind of interesting in that regard of that. Yes, it's a it's a great job by. By Kelly, uh and you know, and Reese and the entire staff of, of adjusting kind of on the fly, but at the same time, not necessarily the greatest, you know, kind of evaluation uh you know coming into the season, uh, you know, that we that the team is so different than uh you know than what it is now.
1: I think well to I I I I I think it's very important that um We don't know what it would have looked like with Blake at left tackle the whole time. True. Uh, Because that was a like, I mean, look, it's a huge problem when they couldn't beyond like the, the rest of the things that they did. Yeah. They had one offensive line position, you know, the left tackle spot where they just were not settled. And, and so that is a, is a, is a huge thing, right? I mean, you just look at the Cincinnati game where, you know, Buckner gets hit and he throws the pick and it's like, that's pressure from the left tackle. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and so it's just like you, that's like one play where if that's not going on, you know, then, you know, it's, it's a turnover. Right. So um, that costs seven points. So it's, it's like one of those things. Um, And then I I think, you know, it's, it's hard because it's hard because the, the left tackle situation meant that Cone didn't have the time to, to be a deep ball thrower. And then it all kind of compounded with the fact that Cone turned out to be like not a great thrower of the deep ball. And maybe they, they saw more of it in practice where he was better, but like, he's just not, he's just not good, like, that good at it. So, it, yeah. it's, you know, but, it, it, you know, and it's hard to, and and there's only really one game. It's just the Cincinnati game where it ended up costing them, right? And that game's going to bother me for a long time. And, yeah you know, maybe they could have done more and all those things. And that's, you know, I guess worth a debate, right? But, you know, they did get it right. And and they did come out of the bye week, and they knew they they figured it out, and they got the team playing exactly the way that they needed to. And you know, since then it's been really good. Yeah. And you know, like I, I get you know full credit, right? Because you're you're on, you're on the fly in the in the middle of the year, and then you're able to take a step back and be like, okay, this is what we're good at. This is what we're not good at. We need to change these things. Um. So. No,
0: totally. Um, I mean, not a lot of staffs would be able to do what Notre Dame did, you know, this season. Uh, you know, a lot of staffs, if a lot of a lot of staffs would have come into this year, like let's say they came into the year again with with the plan that Notre Dame had of we're going to be this deep shot offense. Uh, you know, we're going to we're going to let Cone air it out a lot. We're going to let him try to you know hit, hit Lindsay, hit Austin, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, when that didn't work, not a lot of staffs would have been able to just kind of reinvent the entire offense on the fly, the way that Notre Dame did. And a um, lesser staff is not going 11-1, and one. you know, the, it, with, 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 with this schedule uh, and, and the way things, uh, you know, played out. I would say, you know, if uh, previous regimes here at, at Notre Dame... You know, probably would have been nine and three, eight and four, maybe. You know, when their plan didn't work out. Hell, look at what happened in two thousand seven. Charlie Weiss decided that year, okay, I'm going to install the spread over the summer. I'm going to install the spread offense over the summer and let Demetrius Jones run it. uh, And learned, oh, you can't do that really in just you know in just a summer. You kind of, you kind of need to recruit for it. You kind of need to install that over, you know, over time. And then, whoops, you know, like it failed and they tried to scrap it. And then what happened, like the rest of the year was just grab bagging, right? Started three quarterbacks that year, had a awful season, you know, three and nine. And it's like, that's. That's what happens a lot of times when a staff miscalculates coming in, or you know suffers you know injuries that causes them to, to uh, you know completely reevaluate what they want to do, and instead this staff went you know ten and one, and barring one of the bigger upsets in recent Notre Dame history on Saturday, is going to be eleven and one and staring down a playoff bid.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we. Are- <laughs> In the, in the preseason, yet, right? When,
0: w- w- go ahead. But yet, there's still people who want Jeff Quinn fired. There's still Notre Dame fans who want Dell Alexander fired, and you know don't like Tommy Reese and don't want to give Brian Kelly credit for any of this. And it's comical at this point.
1: Well, like just, I, I think it, you know it, at the time when everyone was kind of going in on Quinn and and all those other things, and it's like, look. You can say that it's bad right now, and but you could also say like just let's just see right. The, yeah, the, the season is long, and let's let's see if things get figured out. And things did get figured out. So yeah. like, I, and you know, and, and it's just like one. It's not hard to wait and say, let's see how it goes, right? And then at the end we'll evaluate. Like right now, you know, they look if if Kelly thinks that he should get rid of Quinn, um, then. Then okay, he can, right? He can do whatever he wants, you know. And if he wants to get rid of Dell, then he can, right? But you can't tell me that whoever comes in is not inheriting like a really good situation on the offensive line. Oh,
0: yeah. You can't
1: tell me that. Like, it's, it's, it, they're in a very good spot. That, and, they are. and, and with the recruiting class that they have right now, right? They have three in the top 200. Yeah. Um, and that's with Ashton Craig as well who's who's a four-star player and and he, they might still get Billy Ralph. so that would yes. put that would give them four linemen in the top in the top 200 like three or two in the top 150 like it's it's he's he's doing a good job on that front as well and he's done a good job in the second half of this year there's no other way that. to look at it Right. There's just right. no other way to look at it. And Chris yeah. Watt isn't around. Right. And <laughs> and as far as I know, like none of these players are meeting Harry, he like on the weekends or anything, you know? So I just think that, it, you know, think about him what you want. The fact of the matter is, is that he's he's done a good job. Yeah. He's done a good job this year. Just, just right. like I mean, full, like full stop.
0: Yeah. I again, yeah, I I joked yesterday on Twitter, you know, as the as the game was getting out of hand for Notre Dame, I was like, it's gonna be a rough week for the fire everybody crowd because things things went things went right. And everything that, you know, people were saying this Notre Dame team couldn't do or doesn't do enough. They did yesterday. And, uh, you know, with, with regard to, you know, to, you know, all of the angst. Over Quinn and Reese and, and Alexander and 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 whoever else on the on you know on the staff, I think the thing that was interesting or or interesting is probably the wrong word, uh, ridiculous is probably the right word. I think the thing that was ridiculous about all of it was that like there was all of this like uh, man just like anger and angst and fervor you know building this season, all while Notre Dame never had more than a single loss because hey here we are and we're ten and one. So like it's just kind of wild that like you know usually that kind of builds up as losses mount and as you lose a couple games that you shouldn't and you know again I think everything that we've seen now we know that Notre Dame should not have lost the Cincinnati game but hey you know we did uh to your point earlier it's going to be something that's going to bother it's going to bother Notre Dame fans for a while it's going to bother it's going to bother this team I think for a long long time if They aren't able to sneak back into the playoffs because obviously if that game goes Notre Dame's way and we're 11 and 0 right now, you're playing next week to clinch your spot in the playoffs. But, um, you know, so that that, that's not the case. But it's just kind of crazy that like that all like you had podcasts out here like weeks ago saying like, yeah, I think there's going to be, you know, there could be multiple offensive assistants who don't come back next year. All while this team had one loss. And here we are again, I guess at 10 and one staring down eleven and one and uh, might might back into the playoffs and which that's a good segue, I think, Greg of here we are, you know we're we, for it'd be a surprise, you know, if Notre Dame wasn't sixth, uh you know, in the rankings next week yeah. or next week on Tuesday it would be it' be a surprise if Notre Dame was not sixth. um nobody behind them has did anything last week uh, you know that could get them to jump Notre Dame. Uh, That could happen in future weeks, but not this week. Uh, And to your point earlier that, you know, it it will in theory be fifth because Ohio state and Michigan play. So there's a very good chance that Notre Dame is going to be fifth in the, in the college football ranking, college football playoff rankings going into championship weekend, maybe. And who knows? It's been somewhat of a chaos season, so maybe there'll be more chaos next weekend. But what are your thoughts on on Notre Dame's playoff chances? You know, right now, how are, how are you feeling? Uh, the, the, let's not say how are you feeling if if Notre Dame gets there, but how are you feeling about the, the the possibility of Notre Dame getting into the playoffs?
1: I mean, it's all happening. Yeah, right. I mean, you're sitting there at six, and and you know that Michigan and Ohio State are going to play, so one of them is out, right? Yep. So like one of Michigan and Ohio State is out. Yep um and so there's that right and you know that georgia and and alabama are going to play um if georgia loses they'll be in exactly they're not they're not falling out so that's if alabama loses like in my opinion i think they'll be out they they have to be they don't have to be but Uh, i think they will be um and 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 not just not specifically to Notre Dame, but like there's a way where it's like I think Oklahoma State could get in, right? Yes. If oh, they win true. twice. If Oklahoma State wins twice, um, then, you know, I, I think honestly, I, I bet you they would jump Notre Dame. Um, you know, it's so but I think if if they split, I think, you know, obviously then Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are out, right? Yeah. And then Cincinnati could lose, and then they're out. You know, so it's just Notre Dame is is positioned where they should be. Right. And. And, you know, the 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 predictors and all those other things like they've got Notre Dame at, um, you know, they were 60 percent the the last week and, and, you know, those odds probably went up again because Oregon is now out. So, um, you know, I, it's just like it's right there for them. And I think if they keep playing the way that they've been playing, you know, the committee sees them as an ascending team, right? They see them as a team that has gotten a lot better, and you know, the committee probably knows that Kyle's coming back. So, if if they make the playoffs, so I, yeah. I just think that, um, you know, it's just yeah, they're they're in perfect. They're I don't want to say they're in a perfect spot because if they're a perfect spot, they'd be in. But exactly. Uh, but they 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 are in position to where. It's like just if I, I don't want to even see even like chaos right just like the normal course of events if those things happen then Notre Dame will be in
0: yeah I think there's 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 a couple scenarios that would be very bad for Notre Dame uh, you know and their playoff chances and I think one you mentioned is if Bama you know Bama and Georgia play and Bama beats Georgia and both have one loss I think that kind of eliminates Notre Dame uh, barring that barring something else you know, happening that might not be totally likely. Uh, Because I think then you'd have, I mean, I don't don't see any way Ohio State loses to Michigan, and I really don't see any way Ohio State loses to Wisconsin. So assume you have, in that case, you would have Ohio State, Bama, and Georgia, and then you would need something, you would need Notre Dame to jump Cincinnati in some way to get in. And the only way for that to happen is either – Cincinnati losing and they got Eastern Carolina and then what Houston in their championship game, which are not necessarily likely, uh, outcomes, but you would need that to happen or you would need Notre Dame to just jump them because I don't know, maybe Notre Dame beats Stanford 60 to nothing and, and, and Cincinnati struggles, but wins, wins a close game next week. So, but not necessarily likely. And then the other scenario you also, that, that I think is bad for Notre Dame, you know, yeah, would be Oklahoma, State, uh, you know, splitting games and only having uh, or, or having the, um, sorry, would be Oklahoma State winning both games is what I meant to say, and yeah. having the one loss because then they would have two ranked wins at the end of the season, and I could very easily see the committee saying, well, that's a playoff team, so we're going to put them in. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think, I mean, Notre Dame is in a is in a pretty good, uh, pretty good spot here, you know, heading in. I think we do need, I don't want to say need help. But um, you, you need things to really play. We need things to play out kind of how it looks like they will, you know, in a, in, in a lot of ways, right? You need, you need Ohio State. I mean, one, well, you either need Ohio State to, to win out, or you need them to just beat Michigan and then lose to Wisconsin. I think that's the one scenario that might be the least likely, but that would be the most beneficial for Notre Dame. If Wisconsin eliminates Ohio State, Would be ideal, right? Because then you have oh, Notre Dame beat the Big Ten champion, right? And uh, and Ohio State's out of it. Then uh, then that's like that almost like clinches a spot for you know for Notre Dame. Not likely, but uh, would uh, you know would clinch it? So it's pretty wild. Um, Because even a couple weeks ago, you had like legit or you know quote unquote legit college football pundit saying Notre Dame's out of it. There's no path. Don't get your hopes up. And it's like. Three weeks ago, when Notre Dame was what ninth or 10th, it was still so easy to look and say, like, all these teams are playing each other. Like, the path is there. Yeah. You needed a couple of things to happen, and some of them already started to happen. You needed Oregon to lose to Utah once, and man, did they get spanked. So, I mean, that happened last night. And now you just need like one other thing to fall your way, and you're going to, you're going to limp into the playoffs. And I think the most ideal scenario would be limping in not limping in but like sneaking in sneaking in is a better a better word because we're not limping um right now uh but sneaking in as a four seed and playing Georgia like that's the best outcome I think for Notre Dame right now would be Georgia beats Bama uh and then you play Georgia because if you play them it's again like I said the matchup against Ohio State is just very bad on paper it's worse than georgia not that georgia's a great matchup by any stretch of the imagination but it's not great uh or it's not as bad as as the ohio state one so it's fun man it's fun that we're here that as far as you know as as bad as some people were trying to make notre dame out to be and as bad as they were trying to make the scenario out to be a month ago here we are and there's a good chance that this team is in the college football playoffs or the third year and the third time in four years.
1: Yep. And it's like, thankfully they, they, they figured it out yes. and they became, they became a good team. Right. And, and whatever comes of it, obviously, um, you know, we'll see that is, you know, that, that'll be determined, but, you know, since like they, they, you know, they, they needed overtime to beat Florida state. They needed a last-second, <laughs> like a, 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 a last-minute drive to beat Toledo. Also not um, great. Right, they beat Purdue by fourteen. Then they, you know,
0: blow they, out Wisconsin.
1: Blow out Wisconsin, and then you have the loss to Cincinnati, and then you, and then you, you know, kind of I don't want to say a miracle comeback against uh, right. against Virginia Tech, but like you're down eight with three minutes left, like that's not a good spot.
0: Nope, not, and, not at all. And, oh, and oh, so, slaves.
1: like in three of those games, like they're just you're watching all these games. You think, they're not in control of any of these games, with the exception of maybe Purdue. Yeah, and like even Wisconsin, right? Like you, they weren't in control of that until yeah, no. you know mid fourth quarter, and then um, and and then you come out of the bye, and and they're just in control of every single game. Like they've never been just like not in control, like even, even against North Carolina, right. Where, where, you know, North Carolina takes the lead in the second half, like they freaking Notre Dame was losing for less than a minute. Yeah. And then you end up winning that game by multiple scores. Right. So it's just, you're, you're in control of the, of, of everything. The team looks completely recognizable. Like this is what we're used to seeing from them. And, 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 and the defense, like, you know, starts to look like yeah like this is how you envision it right this is how you envision like this is how it's going to look freeman seems to have found the formula for this particular team um and so it's just like it all it all looks like you want it to look and it's very fun like it's been a very fun you know the last six weeks of just watching this team play and you know like earlier in the year like it, it was, it was a struggle. Like you're watching them, and you're just thinking, "Man, like this is not, it's just not good football." Yeah. And now it's every time you watch them, you think these guys, like they're playing good football right now. And it's not to me say that they're perfect or anything, but you know, like I just have been saying, like for the last post buy, um, it's just like everything has been really good, and it's just been like super fun to watch.
0: That it has. It's been. You're right, man. Those, those games earlier this year were like, they were almost like draining to watch. You're like, God, man, it's not. at times you're like, it's, it's not even that fun. Right. Cause it's like everything offensively just felt like a struggle um, that it was like, you need a cornerback to slip down, to slip or something to get a, or, or to miss like, you know, like even the, you know, some of those games earlier this year we had the Kyron long touchdown pass and the Avery Davis one, where it's like, okay, that's that's the only way you score. To now, it's like, man, Jay Bramlett has got to be like you know, his legs got to be pretty well rested because you know, he hasn't been needed the last uh, the last few weeks or the last month of the uh, you know of the of the season. So, mm. uh, yes, it has been it's been fun again, uh, specifically the last uh, last couple weeks, man. I, I looked it up. The last three games, Notre Dame has outscored opponents in the month of November, 117 to nine. That's pretty mm-hmm. good, <laughs> yeah, right? So like, no, not, not bad at all. And I mean, those are the kind of things that a committee is going to look at, right? Let's say, I mean, Notre Dame should go into Palo Alto next weekend. They should take care of business. Stanford is a bad football team. When well, they lose the Cal yesterday, was it like 40 to 11?
1: 41-11,
0: yeah. 41-11, right? So let, let's say Notre Dame goes in and they they win 40 to 10, Right now, you're looking at a team that's outscored opponents like what 157 to 19 over the course mm-hmm. of an entire month, and those again, they could be. You could argue that they're bad teams, but they are still real Division One, FBS, Power Five football teams, right? You're not feasting on the MAC or a lesser con- or Conference USA or FCS teams. Those are real teams. So that those are things the committees going to look at. I think the way that the committee's actually been talking, like. They will start to reward Notre Dame for that. Um, so it's going to be interesting. The narrative of non-Notre Dame fans about to lose their minds over Notre Dame potentially getting in with one loss should be a lot of fun. Um, so, I mean, that's just going to be fun to observe because I think people are already starting to get like nervous and upset that Notre Dame actually has a path to the, to the playoffs again. Um, but, hey, we'll see – We'll see how it, how it happens. He's still going to win a game on Saturday. He's still, we got to take care of business against Stanford, and then you just kind of let the uh, the rest of the chips fall as they uh, as they may. Yep. And you know yep. who else's playoff chances are are shockingly increasing again, Greg? No. The Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> That's funny. I was just thinking. It is surprising. <laughs> and two weeks ago, I, this team was—I left them for dead. I was reading it this week it, it, the Eagles beat the Saints today. Um their playoff odds increased to 40%. And they are currently winning as I'm watching the game on my other monitor while we while we record this podcast. They are currently winning 27 to 7 at halftime against the the New Orleans Saints at at home. So I mean that's the kind of those those kind of comebacks would be rare in the NFL so it looks like for all intents and purposes the Eagles are going to win this game. Um, and it goes up to forty percent if we win this game, and then the Eagles get to play back-to-back games at the Meadowlands against the New York Jets and the New York mm. Giants, who are not good at football either. Um, so it's kind of wild. Uh, again, I don't know that 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 they're that they're sneaking in here as, as a wild card team, but they're they're turning it around and they're they're actually making they're like they're like Notre Dame for me right now. They're making it a little bit fun to watch them play again because earlier this season they were not a fun it was just not fun to watch them attempt to play all uh to, to play defense as I told you on a on a previous pod. But hey, I know that we have a lot of Cowboys listeners because I had <laughs> to say I had to say how about them Cowboys on the last pod by myself, uh, because it was in a in a review and y'all know that we read all the reviews. So I had to say I had to make two Dallas references, Greg, on Friday. That was not that was that hurt that was, I needed, I, I felt like I needed a shower after that podcast. Oh, no. After saying, how about them Cowboys? It was, mm. uh, it was, it was rough. But um, hey, here we, here we are. It's, uh, it's November 21st. And both of my, my professional and my collegiate teams are both alive with the chance to go to the playoffs when a month ago, nobody thought it was possible for either of that. So I'm, I'm enjoying this. This is, this is, this football's fun again. I like, I like when sports. fun. Sports, sports are fun. They're fun. They're fun until the Eagles lose to like the, the hapless Jets next week, and then I hate it all again. But uh, until then, until then, sports are fun. Uh, what what else? We're we're just coming up at, at an hour here. It's starting to get. It's crazy. It's like two forty five here, and it's already like starting to get a little dark out uh, here, which is perfect time to put up Christmas lights. Uh, for uh, you know, for you know, for me, highly recommend that to anybody. Um, who has not put up Christmas lights, uh, you know, much in their lives, and, and has to? It, it's a lot easier when it starts to get dark out—not um, too dark, but just a little bit, because then you can actually see how it looks. But uh, w- w- any parting shots? Anything else you wanted to add? Uh, add this week?
1: Um, it's going to be a big week on the um, of giving thanks mm-hmm. on the Twitter machine. I've been thinking about it. I'm just going to be posting a lot of things, just like giving things I'm thankful for um it's fun man you know because everyone's got a week off right so everyone's are at least i do the the kids have a week off from schools and i have a week off and so oh that's nice like i I never had a full week off of school hey man let me tell you let me tell you they got they got this people always tell me like oh i wish uh you know i wish i could have like a week off for this or two weeks off for that and summer's off and everything and it's like look you can uh you can sign up, man. You can, I mean, you, even you, when you, I was in
0: school, we never. We when I was in grade school, high school, college, like we never had off the entire week for Thanksgiving. Like we always had off, like Thursday, Friday, and that was it. Yeah. We never had off. We had to go to school. I remember Wednesday was usually like a half day growing up, but it was like yeah. day before Thanksgiving. You uh, you you had a half day, and then you had off Thursday and Friday and back to school Monday. So that's cool. You you guys get the whole week.
1: Yep, yeah, it's uh, it'll be fun. So take in the Notre Dame content and all that stuff, and listen to the pods where everyone's all happy. It'll be. It'll nice. be a
0: fun that means, time. Greg. That means we might be able to actually record a preview pod together this week too.
1: We should be able to do it. We'll, That's we'll see. i
0: now, now. I have something else to add to be thankful for this uh, this this year because that'll be fun. But yeah. uh, nice man, we. I mean, I'm still in the midst of my paternity leave, so I have like six more now what do i have I have six six and a half weeks left i don't know oh um, my
1: goodness
0: i'm almost in the middle i know that yeah he'll be six weeks on thursday so thursday will be the exact halfway point of uh, of my of my paternity uh, paternity leave so i'll still have six weeks left which is i mean also like anybody who thinks that like paternity leave is vacation i can assure you it is not uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> as um as um as i'm learning and i'm sleeping and still you know, three, three and a half hour blocks, uh, you know, blocks at night in, uh, you know, in between the feedings and, and everything. But uh, yeah, it's uh, that, that'll that be fun to be able to record that this week. Yeah, man, let's do it. All right. Well, no new reviews since the since the last call to them. We got we had four. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the preview pod, Greg, since I did uh, kind of record it at the 11th hour there. Uh, mm-hmm. On uh, on Friday, whatever afternoon, whenever, whenever that was. But we had four new reviews that I got to read last week. No new ones since Friday. So if you're listening uh, and you haven't reviewed us, you guys know how much we would like it. So you can give us a you know give us give us a review. You know that uh, that we will read it. Um, and now we just learned. You know we'll be we'll be coming to you this week again to preview Notre Dame's uh, season finale against Stanford as the Irish you know look to improve uh to 11 and 1 on the season enhance that playoff resume we'll know for certain where the irish are in the playoff rankings and see if there's any other shakeups uh you know from the uh you know from the committee but uh other than that thank you all for listening keep subscribing keep listening keep sending us questions all the fun stuff and we will uh, we'll be coming back to you uh, later this week go irish